Hello and welcome to So What You're Saying Is. I'm Peter Whittle. Now I'm delighted that my guest today is at the very forefront of the trans issue, which uh, certainly is something that preoccupies, I know, many of you. Kelly J. Keane, uh, you might know her as well as Posey Parker, um, is the founder of Standing for Women. She is a women's rights campaigner and she has certainly been on the news quite a bit lately. Thanks for coming, um, Kelly. I wanted to start by asking you, there were two uh, interviews you did quite recently. One was with this guy called James Max, mm -hmm. uh, which was on talk radio, and then yeah. also Tom Harwood on GB News. Yes. But with uh, James Max, uh, that one went all over the place, <laughs> didn't it? Mm. What, I was, what, I, what I wanted to ask you first was, when you are being interviewed by someone like that, how a first of all how do you keep your patience and and secondly um are you surprised at the reaction you get from certain interviewers still or not um i'm not surprised I, i'm often quite delighted um because yeah. the reason i stay so calm is i know that what these men predominantly men are going to do is make themselves look quite silly yeah um and they sort of just leave a bit of an open goal so that's, it's quite fun, I think, when somebody's uh, not agreeing with you and allowing you to make a really strong point. Yeah. How I, I called you the woman's rights campaigner. Uh, that is what you are, mm -hmm. right? But I certainly didn't say, you know, gender critical activist or whatever. Why shouldn't I say that in your case? Then? Well, because I like to centre women in everything that I do. And so women's rights campaigner is, is simply what I do. I, yeah. I defend women's rights. I'm, I'm not going to allow anyone to take them. Mm. Um, and if I start saying that I'm an anti-trans uh, or a gender critical, I'm sort of allowing the conversation to be about something other than women. Yeah. And so I, I think these terms are quite clinical as far as I'm concerned. And women is my, is my absolute thing. What is the extent of the danger to women at the moment, do you think? Gosh, it's so massive. From um, women with psychosis going into mental health units, uh, there are not just men on the ward who call themselves women, uh, not just women being recorded as bigots for recognising those men as men, uh, but there's also staff on those wards that are men that call themselves women. So gaslighting women in deep psychosis, that's, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, not being allowed to ask for a female in pretty much any of the police force or the NHS and guaranteed to get one. Mm. So that might be um, for a cervical smear, um, for a mammogram. Uh, it might just be because you actually don't want to be touched by a man. Mm. Uh, you can't guarantee that you'll get one. If I was arrested this afternoon and they thought I was uh, had anything, uh, any drugs on me, if that police officer says he's female, no matter what he looks mm. like, um, he is allowed to intimately search my person. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then you've got gaslighting of girls in schools. You've got girls not being able to have any of their sports, any of their spaces. I mean, everything that women have carved out for ourselves mm -hmm. with regard to our safety, our privacy and our dignity is completely under threat. So it's, it's a lot. Mm. Do you, let's clear something up if we can. Do you see this in any way as a left-right issue? Absolutely not. No. I think the mainstream left are parroting it and more happy to go along with it. Yeah. 
But we do have, I don't know if we can call the Conservative Party right wing anymore, but we do have a conservative, conservative government and they don't seem to be doing much about it to right. protect women either. No, so no. no, I really do. I think it would be silly to try and put something so vast into a political uh, place. Yeah, I suppose that, you know, in one sense, one could sort of, I would have always seen it as being coming from the left insofar as the woke agenda is left. Mm. Um, maybe that came out of political correctness, you know, before the Tories have, and Conservatives just have taken it on. But if you don't see it in that way, if we can just go back, say, like, I don't know, this issue has been in the public domain now like this for maybe, what, four or five years, something like that? Maybe not Yeah, even a little bit longer, but for the longer. mainstream, probably four or five years. What do you think is the motivation of the trans lobby? I think there are many streams of motive coming into the lobby. I think in the extreme, it's very dangerous people who think this agenda will help them have access to children um, yeah. and uh, an entire dismantling of society. Um, in another, I think it's also a lot of silly people making silly mistakes without having any idea of what they're really doing. Mm. Um, so it's very easy. If I'm running a political campaign, it's very easy for me to say I'm inclusive and uh, love diversity. And all I have to do is say those things and just fly a little pride flag. Um, and suddenly I'm a really lovely, kind, mm. empathic person. Now, I may ignore grooming gangs in my own mm. constituency. I may ignore poverty. I may ignore the fact that schools are absolutely on their knees, but I can still say I'm a really wonderful human. Yeah. So I think incompetence um, is part of this agenda. Where it's going, I really can't tell you, but some days it does feel like the end of days. Do you think? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do I take from that that you're quite pessimistic about it? I'm both. I'm pessimistic because I think no matter how loud we shout, some people just are deaf to mm. what we're saying. Um, I think people in power are not motivated. Uh, I think they spend too much time on Twitter to really understand what the electorate want, which is not this. Uh, but in other regards, I think about student protests or um, the variety of kids talking about stuff online and Bearing in mind, it's still a minority of those children. Yeah. Uh, there's many that are silent because they don't feel able to speak up. And I think eventually they'll get annoyed. Like, even amongst the youth, I think eventually they'll, they'll get annoyed and they will speak. Mm. Um, so I'm quite hopeful. I'm hopeful about the truth and things yeah. that are right, yeah. and fundamental kind of human um, disposition. And I, I don't believe that unrealities like this uh, can last too long. Uh, but it will last a, a quite quite a long time. But nevertheless, it is extraordinary, isn't it, how it's women who are absolutely right in the eye of the storm, mm. this whole, even the whole woke agenda. It's somehow women. And I have to say, I mean, this sounds maybe a bit sentimental, but when I see these things like uh, people who menstruate, or I think you've mentioned this before, something, a female... A person with a female body what mm. is it it's female featured body or something like that mm. i sort of think what an insult to my mom and my sister mm. you know this is how i feel you know um i mean why do you think it is that the argument seems to be so sort of it's all about isn't it trans 
women. It's, it, we very rarely hear the other, you know, trans, mm. trans men, do we? Mm. Why, why well, do you think a, that would be? Well, I think that's the same in any argument that actually we think more about men. Uh, and I, I hate to talk in these terms because mm -hmm. I, I sort of feel that as women, we are capable of doing everything. We are capable of fighting these battles and yet we're very much more likely to give up our own rights. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Orwell references it in 1984 that the young women are the most likely to sort of report. Uh, and it just, I've thought about this so long. What is it about women that will passively just give up our rights? Yeah. And, and I wonder if it comes back to evolutionary biology, that we are the people that are the cohesion in any community. And so part of that is being passive to things and, and accepting. Um, I haven't really <laughs> found an answer, but it does really annoy me, which is why I, I persistently tell women that we are enough. Mm. Um, now, I wouldn't feel like I had to say that if we lived in a, a perfectly equal society. Um, and I don't think that the state necessarily is unequal. So I certainly don't um, want to paint the picture that I think, oh, woe is women, poor us, mm -hmm. because I really don't. But it's just really interesting that women are just so prepared to move up. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm certainly not. So you are, you are frustrated with women who just go along with this. I mean, mm. you know, or seem in fact to almost champion, you mentioned 1984 there, they seem almost to champion it, you mm. know. This is the perverse thing, isn't it? Well, it's kind of like a, a look how nice I am. I'm so nice mm. that I can welcome this man. Aren't I a great human? I can welcome this man into women's spaces and I'm okay with it. Mm. Um, and I just, I just don't know where that comes from that you would think, well, I'm okay with it and damn anybody that isn't. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what it's saying. But also, I mean, some feminists will argue that it's because women have a lack of power mm. and so they exert power in places where they can. Mm. I'm just not convinced. I, I think it's far more sinister. I think it's, a, um, it's an elevation of oneself and I think it's really individualistic and selfish mm. uh, to virtue signal women's rights away. You mentioned the feminist. I mean, do you call yourself a feminist now? No. Did no. you ever call yourself a feminist? I probably did for a short time. Mm. I, I, <laughs> I remember as a young person, um, so I'm going to show my age now, uh, thinking like Spice Girls girl power yeah. was some <laughs> sort of um, women's rights uh, victory. And obviously they just played the game. But um, yeah, so I really don't think that uh, feminism is something that I can adhere to. But so you wouldn't be sort of like a Julie Bindle type feminist or you wouldn't, uh, you know, you wouldn't sort of put yourself on, on sort of no. with that. No, not so. I no, that. well, some feminists, I mean, Julie Bindle has been critical of um, mothers in the past. And I think that's a, that's a theme flowing through feminism. I understand why feminists um, of old tried to persuade women out of becoming mothers mm. and being tied mm. to men and and I guess trying to make us equal by meaning that we are equal workforce mm. uh, I think was a, a valid thing to try and achieve but the cost was motherhood and I think actually mm. the most important thing that I will ever do is uh, be a mother to my four children. Four children you have? I do. What are their ages? Though, um, from 20 to 13. Oh, okay. What do they make of your profile? Then? 
well, two of them are at uni, so they can't tell anyone. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> they can't tell anyone who I am. Um, they all think I'm right. Yeah. Like, we, we've talked about but this. But everyone agrees. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, like, if you were to do a poll, go out onto the street, when you say biological sex is real, mm. and that, you know, uh, definition of a woman is an adult human female, mm. they're not going to disagree. No. It's so bonkers, though, isn't yes. it, that... In and I, this is what I was talking about with the female-bodied people. In even in conversations where everybody is on the same page, sometimes women will use those words for woman. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's become yeah. an impolite, um, terrible thing mm. to say. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, everybody does think I'm right. There's not too many people that, uh, if you challenge, if you say, okay, so you you you've got a professional babysitting service. And you obviously think trans women are women, so you've got a professional babysitting service and someone rocks up and they're about 55 years old and he's six foot five and he's called Janet and he's got a badly fitting wig. I don't think there's too many, too many people that go, okay, fine, bye. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a lovely evening. <laughs> um, no matter how woke they were, I just don't think that's true. And the, the same for if somebody turned up at your elderly mother's yeah, house to, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, take care of her. Yeah. I think I think it's a lie. Mm. I think many people are just absolute liars when, mm. when they say that they genuinely think trans women are women have you i mean you've been you've had a few battles on social media you've been kicked off social media haven't you or all social media or or what no i'm allowed on instagram um i was permanently banned from twitter back in 2018 and what was that for actually well some of those tweets got reported to the police and i got interviewed by the police it was criticizing the ceo of the charity mermaids right um, and i used the word castration Mm. Uh, for her son, who she took to Thailand when he was 16. So on his 16th mm. birthday, he was castrated and had sex reassignment surgery. So I criticised that mm. and I would, I, I, I would frequently correctly sex somebody. Mm. So I would call a man a man right, and a right. woman a woman. Yeah, yeah. And I would refuse to go along with silly pronouns because they're far too important to mm. give up. Um, so I got banned from Twitter. I'm banned from signing a petition with change.org. I'm not allowed on their platform at all. I'm banned from a couple of um, places to sell sort of t-shirts or a couple of people refuse to do any business with me because uh, that's my main thing is yeah. I, I sort of sell t-shirts to yeah. raise funds yeah. so I can continue doing what I'm doing. With that slogan on, isn't it? Yes. With the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested, this, you, a woman's rights campaigner implies that that came first and then the trans issue was something you had to take up. Is that right? No, I was a happy stay-at-home mother. Um, and then uh, I was in an online group, conversation started, and then I noticed that there were loads of men calling themselves women in this women-only group. And just from that, um, it then opened my eyes to the fact that they were transitioning children, um, that mm. loads of women's spaces have been taken over, that even the WI is, has been infiltrated by men who call themselves women. And once I saw what was happening, I just thought, well, I can't, mm. I can't be silent mm. and there's no way this is going to be happening. And then, <laughs> and then with every sort of month, you'd find out something else horrifying. Mm. Like, for example, today I found out that in Canada, um, Canadian medical insurers will give um, money will pay for double mastectomy surgeries for 13-year-old girls without their parents' consent. So every time I think I've hit peak 
absolutely demonic mm. what mm. on earth is happening yeah. uh, something else comes along so that mm. was that was new to me today mm. that's a whole other front isn't it mm. of this battle and the way that children are being given puberty blockers and all of this sort of thing it, it's just terrifying I, mm. find. I mean do you think we've lost our minds I do. I, I sit here as a, as a fully-fledged atheist, um, a gold star in fact. I've never believed in God at all. But I do wonder with the vacuum left by organised religion mm. and a lack of belief and a lack of um, worrying about the afterlife, so mm. living a good life, mm. Mm. I wonder if that has left such a huge vacuum that, that human beings, we can't cope. Like There might be a reason that in every single culture known to man, a religion of some sort um, has has developed. Yeah. Uh, so I do wonder whether that is something that we as human beings genuinely need, uh, and we just don't we just don't have that anymore. So the we terrible focus thing on is, ourselves. So, the terrible thing is, is that you can recognise that, but uh, and I can recognise that, but somehow going that next step to sort of actually therefore believing seems to be something that's sort of off off the cards isn't it I know really? yeah it is and I think it's because belief in something outside of yourself unless something mm. massive happened mm. and then you could sort of find somewhere that you would call God in that occurrence I think you have to rely on something inside yourself and I think those sorts of th uh, belief systems uh, can only be inserted into a child yeah. because it's so much faith mm. I don't think adults can find a place for faith. I may well be wrong. Maybe there are mm. some people that had never known any religion that, that find one in their adult life, yes. but I would find that in impossible. Yeah. How does the public react? Have you, have, you, have you had any really nasty stuff? I mean, you know, one hears all the time of, you know, death threats, things like this. Have mm. you had any of that? I've outside? had that. I, I had one particular person who sent me really graphic threats about my children. Um, I also had um, the trans rights activists, actually no, just men that call themselves women. I had them on Twitter sharing photographs of my children and mm. copying in and atting my kids' schools. So I've had that, I, you know, there was a time where I let all the schools know because I just thought, it only takes one random absolute mm. nutter mm. to decide mm. that they will right all wrongs and, and do something to really scare me. They've also tried to find my um, the way we make our money, like my husband's, um, what he does for a living. So they've tried to uh, upset that. But generally speaking, I know a lot of women talk about death and rape threats. I don't actually get that many. Right. Um, it's not pleasant when I do, but I sort of think I'm just right. Mm. You know, that's why they're bothering, because yeah. I'm right. In a sort of odd way, because you are now this figure, this public figure, um, you have sort of liberated yourself. I, I'm just thinking, we get the very high profile cases, like we've had Kathleen Stock on here, and uh, that's all great. But I'm just thinking, what happens to ordinary people doing ordinary everyday jobs that basically say the wrong thing, or maybe even say, yeah. yes, of course, there's such a yeah. thing as biological sex. Do, they, do you ever have people coming to you and saying, Will you help me? What can I do? Yeah, yeah frequently. Um, and I think you're right that there are these high profile cases and obviously somebody in a job as long as Kathleen Stock, and I'm sure it was an absolutely horrific experience mm. for her. Um, however, she also had the safety of 
probably a higher salary than most women, mm. access to tribunals had she wanted them, a bit like the Maya Forstater mm. case. Um, but for most women, like if you're working in Tesco's or a large warehouse, uh, you're not going to get to a no. tribunal. You're not going to be able to afford to have access mm. to any sort of justice if you get treated badly by your place of work. Um, and it's those women that I think nobody speaks for. I mean, we have such terrible employment rights anyway, unless mm. you're a protected characteristic, you have no access to mm. um, any recourse if you're treated badly at work. But when it comes to a woman who then can't use the toilets at work because she can't guarantee that John, who is now Janet, isn't in those toilets. Um, yeah, I get emails from those women all the time, what we can do and what can they do? I mean, mm. HR won't listen because they'll be branded a bigot. Um, a lot of women try and just ignore. So if they're asked to put pronouns in their email signatures, they will try and just back off yeah. and just silently yeah. just not do it. Um, or you might be in a meeting where you're told that everybody has to use preferred pronouns. Uh, and you might get some training from somewhere like um, Stonewall. So there's women up and down the country all the time uh, feeling that they can't speak. And I think the suffocating feeling of being somewhere where you know something mm. is wrong and having absolutely no power to talk about it is really quite mentally destructive, I think. You know the uh, case of, uh, you know, for example, toilets and, you know, these sort of and women only spaces. Um, how widespread is that problem now? I mean, you know, because obviously the, the press will highlight certain things and then, but sometimes maybe they uh, may underestimate, I don't know. But is this something now which is pretty much across the country? I mean, the use, you know, like women's only spaces basically disappearing. I mean, what's the case with like Marks and Spencers, for example, or? Well, they don't listen to women, do they? Uh, I mean, how? nuts is that that the main people that go shopping in these places are women mm. um and i'm pretty sure we could have campaigned for marks and spencers to do a whole host of things that they never would have listened to yeah. um and then men come along and they're in those spaces and i've i've talked about the marks and spencers issue before because for teenage girls or younger they go for a bra fitting which is painfully embarrassing anyway to hear a male voice in that space yeah, would just yeah. be awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's everywhere. And I think that many of these men feel completely entitled to use those spaces if they so desire. And often it is all about desire. And also from, from what I gather from what you're saying, it's all about men in the end. Well, it is all about men. And it's a, I hate to say it, <laughs> but um, it is men doing this. There's, uh, you know, we could blame, well, it's the state really, isn't it? Like whilst men are doing this and taking advantage, we've always had horrible people in society. The government have never gone along with them, agreed with them and celebrated them. Uh, and that's pretty much what they're doing now. Mm. I personally feel any man using a woman's space, knowing, absolutely knowing, and if he doesn't know, then he's ignorant on purpose. Any man using a woman's space, knowing it makes women feel uncomfortable, is somebody I think is a, a despicable human being. Mm. You, you mentioned that you were a sort of perfectly happy, you know, non-campaigning, um, you know, wife and mother and whatever. Mm. But presumably you'd had an interest in politics before. Yeah, I've always been political. I was always what, wrong. But what, what kind of, I mean, what, tell us a little bit about, were, were you a student activist? Were you? Oh no, I've never done activism. I no. like politics. I like arguing with people. Right, right. <laughs> but no, I'd never, no, none of it. None of it at all. 
No activism. So you you didn't say like study politics or anything like no, that? No, I studied theology. Theology? Mm. Really? Mm. That's interesting. Hence the, you know, we were talking about religion there. Mm. Um, theology, what made you go for theology? Uh, well, I went through clearing. <laughs> That's right. what made me do oh, theology. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to do... <laughs> I thought I there was <laughs> going to be some really nuanced answer. <laughs> no, I wanted to do anthropology and I really thought that theology was going to be sort of anthropology but but with religion. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be really interesting where we yeah. sort of sit around and we talk about uh, the origins of religion and all these wonderful things. And it wasn't really like that, no. but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Uh, because understanding uh, the way religious people feel about their religion, I think, is a really important thing. But yeah, it was... It was good. But... Were, were you, uh, were you, so where, where did you grow up? Oh, oh, I grew up in Somerset. Oh, okay. I went to Leeds Uni. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. Okay. And so it's basically, you live, you, you don't I live, live in there Wiltshire now. In Wiltshire, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is something I've asked many people that have been on the show as well before. Um, have you found that your position and the fact that you're uncompromising about it, um, you don't beat about the bush, um, has that alienated people in your own life? I mean, have you lost people or friends or...? No, not really. I've got quite a small life. So in 2015, fortuitously, we moved from Bristol, which was very woke, um, and we moved to somewhere not you don't so woke. <laughs> We've just had the whole Colston thing on here talking about No, that's you know. nuts, right. Um, I mean, I don't like Boris very much. I'm not sure if I can push him off a statue. Um, but... Yeah, so we moved from Bristol and then my kids were a bit older, so it's very difficult to move to a brand new area and then suddenly, especially if you don't work, yeah. uh, find a large circle of friends. Right. Uh, by the time I was better known, my kids had left primary school. Mm -hmm. So, no, I haven't lost anyone. Uh, and I think actually what's happened with me is my uncompromising, straightforward um, position has come from people saying too harsh, too harsh, to actually you were right all along. So. Well, see, I don't see what is harsh about your position. I really don't. I mean, you know, you, you argue back and you fight back when there are these interviews like the James yeah. Max one, or there have been others, haven't there? I mean, and what is it that's so extreme about that? I mean, there's nothing extreme about that. I don't know what saying a man is a man. Yeah. I don't know. No. I don't know. It's become extreme because fewer people are saying it. Mm. So I guess that's how these things work, mm. that censorship doesn't, you know, nobody's coming along with a blunt instrument like Bill C-16 in Canada and saying, you are not allowed to say it. And yet fewer and fewer people will use the word woman when they mean woman. They might say mm. birthing person, menstruator and so on. Um, and they're not using the word man either when they're talking mm. about even rapists. We don't, we're not saying he's a man. Like Ipso regulations uh, prevent presenters and people on the television from naming men as men. It's absolutely balmy. Isn't there a, a, a situation in Scotland now where the police actually have to say female rapist, don't they? This is, yeah. uh, this is just crazy stuff. This but the BBC crazy. is the same. Yes. The yeah. BBC say her penis when they're talking about a rape. So, it, but this is Ipsos. So this is, what's happened is there's Transmedia Watch and a couple of other organisations that have worked very hard yeah. to uh, make the media as far as I'm concerned, lie. Mm. Now, if it was for my, for me, if it was a librarian that had just won a prize, I don't really need to know 
whether Janet was born male or female. It's yeah. neither here nor there. When we're talking about a rapist, yeah. um, it's absolutely essential that we know the sex of that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about you know what could possibly happen, whether we've reached a peak or not, or, or the future, what it looks like. What about the area of women's sport? Do you think that could be an area where somehow or other the spell is broken. I mean, you know, because we've now got these situations, haven't we, where trans transgender swimmers are winning over other transgender. I mean, <laughs> and in women's sport, and where are the women to be seen? Mm. You know, yeah, a woman with testosterone yeah. beat the man who's lowered his testosterone yeah. a bit. I wonder if he threw the race, to be honest, because right. I, it just seemed a bit weird that suddenly he he didn't do so well. I think that has the, the, the good thing with sport is it's very level. Mm. It's really straightforward. It's male and female bodies. We've seen the, an elite swimmer who's a female next to a male. So I think it makes sense to men as well. Like I don't think men get, um, and you may be unusual, but I don't think men really understand how women feel in a vulnerable position because mm. They've not felt like it. Now, mm. that would be the same as I don't know how it feels to take the bins out on a Wednesday, right? right? right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when it comes to the fear that women have when men are in our spaces, I think that's a difficult thing to really get your mm. head around. Mm. Um, sport, very, very different. Yeah. I mean, we know that if we watch men's rugby, we damn well know that a woman in the mix <laughs> would, would be killed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With your campaign, so is it just you, uh, Kelly, with the campaign, or do you have people around you? I mean, it's a full-time thing, mm. isn't it? Standing for women. Yeah, it's a full-time thing. So there's, it's mainly me. I have employees. Yeah. Um, I find that if you want to achieve something um, and your goal is set, it's much easier to do it on your own. Yep. Uh, I don't want to have a committee and compromise over anything that mm. I think mm. or do. I do have advisors, so I have a good team of people that support what mm. I do, but every single decision and thing that happens with Standing for Women is me. But what if people who are interested in what you've said and they want to can they be a member of it? Or oh yeah, you can join Standing for Women. So there's a membership. Standingforwomen.com. Right. Um, and then we have adulthumanfemale.store, which is the way we fund everything. Which and that's is, your merchandise. Yeah, so that's yeah. Be the Billboard campaign, which right. is because we started with the billboard mm. in September of 2018. And the way that we funded that was t shirts and badges mm. and stickers and pens and a really rather superb collection of merchandise. Okay. <laughs> um, finally, I just want to ask one thing. I don't know whether it's on the site, uh, it might well be, but uh, obviously you're a campaign, but what is it where, what are your ends? I know that you want to stand up for women's rights, but are there legal things you want changed? You know, because well, everyone, we know this mm. here, has to have some form of focus, don't they? Yeah, I want to repeal the GRA. I want to the GRA being? The Gender Recognition Act. Right. I want it gone. Right. I want it dead What is it state of play at the moment? If you can explain to us what, what actually, okay. you know, briefly. So, 
The GRA enables a man or a woman to uh, be legally recognised as the opposite gender, which is in itself a silly thing because we have no legal definition of the word gender anyway. Right. So what it means is on a passport, on a birth certificate, even you can change your birth certificate, <clears throat> which is insane. Um, men can be recognised as women. Now that gives, what that did in 2004 is it gave a state-sanctioned legal fiction. And then from that, it's kind of exploded. Mm. So before 2004, you may have had a couple of transsexuals in 1995 who may have used a woman's space or not. Um, but now we have state-sanctioned uh, legal fictions mm. that it's just exploded. That's why I think that was the beginning of all of this nonsense. Yeah. So. Um, also, if you're the Church of England, you are not bound by the GRA. You don't have to pretend that you think men can be women and you don't have to marry them in your church. Right. Um, and if you're an aristocrat, um, you don't have to uh, give uh, entitled, um, sorry, inherited, inheritance doesn't have to go to a woman who's transitioned into a man. It can still be the first man. Oh, right, so okay. if you're if you're posh or religious, yeah. um, which none of us seem to be right in the <laughs> echelons of those sort of bits yeah, of society, yeah. but you don't you're not adhered by it. But to to us lowly people, we have to pretend in many instances that men can be women. That um, aristocratic thing. Uh, this is like the passing on of money in the mm. states. I think that's extraordinary actually because i think even the royal family have changed the mm. presence of the first daughter mm. you know, but you just can't what you can't do as a woman so people aren't stupid mm. uh, they didn't want women those mm. terrible things to be able to transition into um, yeah. inheriting yeah, those things yeah. so that tells me that in our house of lords that discussed this single sex prisons amendment the other night in even in the house of lords there are people in there who are not bound by the Gender Recognition mm. Act. It's just the rest of us that have to pretend. So I would like to get rid of it. Clearly it's a lie, otherwise mm. everybody would have to do it. Mm. So they know even when they drafted it, that it was not really true. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think for the rights of women to be able to um, rely upon the Equality Act 2010 and the sex exemptions on there and, and the things that protect both men and women yeah. in the Equality Act, I think the, the GRA has to go. The whole act? The whole thing. So it's not just a clause or anything no. like that, the whole thing? In a free and tolerant society, yeah. we would allow um, Mr Smith to become Mrs Smith if he so wanted. We would allow that and the state wouldn't have to get involved and he's free to go about his business just don't use women's spaces right mm. um that was that would be something that an accepting tolerant society would would be okay mm. with but as soon as the state gets involved it's just it's just not acceptable so if you're going to if you're working for this to scrap the act um you know how plausible is that i mean how you know you have to get parliamentary support for that don't you that's something yeah. presumably you do no so the first thing is to get the consensus the right. first thing is to stop this narrative yeah. in the mainstream yeah. so i think once we can allow people to speak freely then i think you can tip it that way i don't think nobody nobody in parliament nobody relying on a vote mm. is going to stand up and say we we want to take that away yeah. so first of all the battle is in the public square and right. then we have to take it to uh, parliament i see well 
things can change. I mean, I, you know, the, you know, I'm not trying to just sort of puff you puff you up here, but I mean, you know, when I think of different things I've been involved in, you, you know, for example, whatever you think about Brexit, mm. um, you would not have thought ten no. years ago that we would have had Brexit. In fact, you would have been considered crazy, I think. Mm. So things can change. Uh, more power to your elbow, okay? Um, thank you very much, you know, for coming on. Um, it is standingforwomen.com. Mm -hmm. You heard all about it now. Um, come back again soon, I hope. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. No, it's been lovely. Thanks very much indeed. Um, that's it for this week on So What You're Saying Is. We shall be back next time. Thank you. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website, newcultureforum.org.uk. Our work is more important now than ever, and we have great plans ahead for the future, but we can't do it without your support. From as little as three pounds per month, you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member, you'll receive a range of benefits, including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books, and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon so that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.